0: Hello, friends. It's Dick Foth again. It is Christmas week 2020. And boy, I think we're glad to get to Christmas. Wowie. What a few months, what a year this has been. And I haven't been with you on a podcast for several months. And so I'm glad to be back. As we come to the end of this year, uh, I have a friend that I want you to meet. Uh, that I think will just give us a real impetus to think about what we want for next year. But I want to just share uh, some thoughts from Pastor Emeritus Tim Keller in New York City. Tim Keller is well known in certain circles for his uh, thoughtful uh, ideas regarding life and scripture and all of that. And he has a little book called Hidden Christmas, the Surprising Truth Behind the Birth of Christ. And before we meet our guest, I want you to meet Tim Keller writing about Christmas. And he he starts by quoting the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah 9 reads like this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. goes on to say, For to us a child is born, To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Then Keller goes on to say, One of the first indications of Christmas season is the appearance of lights. Lights on trees, candles, and windows, radiance everywhere. The Christmas lights of New York City, where he lives, Delight even blasé residents. Everything seems to be wrapped in millions and millions of stars. This is appropriate because December 25 follows the darkest time of the year in the Mediterranean world in Europe where Christmas celebrations took shape. But the lights are not just decorative. They are symbolic. Goes on to say a couple of things about the darkness of the world. And if we ever got the darkness piece in my lifetime, The year 2020 has been it. Listen to how he writes about it. No matter what you want to do in a room, you have to first turn on the light, or you can't see to do anything else. Christmas contains many spiritual truths, but it will be hard to grasp the others unless we grasp this one first. That is, that the world is a dark place, and we will never find our way or see reality unless Jesus is our light. So, how is the world dark, Killer says? In the Bible, the word darkness refers to both evil and ignorance. It means first that the world is filled with evil and untold suffering. Look at what was happening at the time of the birth of Jesus. Violence, injustice, abuse of power, homelessness, refugees fleeing, oppression, families ripped apart, and bottomless grief. Sounds, Keller says exactly like today so that having been said I'm so excited to have a special friend and colleague and guest with me today that you'll meet in just a few minutes but I want to read you this post Christmas podcast just the comments that Luke makes about the place and the circumstance of Jesus birth Luke 2 While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And of course, that's the story of Jesus of Nazareth. That's where it starts. My friend who's with me today, I've known now for almost a dozen years. I met him when he was in his early 20s. Now you're an older dude. You're like <laughs> 35, right, Josh? Yes, sir. So this is Josh Richardson. He is an entrepreneur. Do you call yourself a serial entrepreneur? Uh, like you like starting stuff? and? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah I guess. But, but you, you like sales. Yes, I love sales. So, I just me, love people. Okay, you love yeah. people. Yes. That's good. Let's let's just go back and say Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Where were you born? Fort Collins, Colorado. What year? 1985. What month? March. March. March 30th. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm a March guy. Hey, there you go. Well, I'm a Big Saint win. Patrick's day. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good month. <laughs> yeah. The years are a little farther apart, but <laughs> so this this piece that I said just now about are you a serial entrepreneur? or And and you have responded by saying, I love people. Have you always loved people?
1: Like when you were nine, did you love people? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just it's a, everybody has a unique story and is on a unique journey. Yeah. And uh, finding out about that story and journey and coming alongside them and giving them a Nugget of encouragement or giving them even just a smile you yeah. know, or a, a handshake, you know, I but, mean,
0: but you didn't know that when you were
1: nine No, but it did developed you? over time. Yeah, you know when you're nine when you're younger or however yeah. age, you know You get a good smile out of somebody, you know, it's good
0: <laughs> <laughs> When when did you know because I, I always I have seen you over these years is I, I I'd say, you know, Josh, he can sell anything to anybody he just has <laughs> that way about him. When did you know you could persuade people or because that's what sales is right Yes yeah. is persuasion.
1: I guess um, you know funny enough, growing up with my parents when I'd yeah. get in a you know you call it you know little father son. Mother son little battles, little you know, and snit? I could Yeah, yeah, a sure. Snit. You know, I could when I could hold my own in yeah. a little snit with my parents, I was like, Oh, maybe I got the gift of gab. This is good.
0: How old were you when you first recognized <laughs> that? <laughs>
1: Pretty young, which wasn't, wasn't good. My parents weren't fond of, but you know, further on in my journey, I could really tell getting involved in business, um, that, wow, this is really a gift that I've been given, you know, the gift of communication and the passion for people, really that combination, um, really, really, the gift of gab and the love of yeah. people really thrived
0: you went to elementary school and middle school and high school year
1: yes so you yeah, went all in here to, fort collins
0: some so was public or was it all was it all I went private to, christian
1: i went to private christian through in el, through elementary yeah. and then i went to public junior high public high school
0: and you knew about jesus like the, with this part i just read you knew about that Early on, yeah. Right?
1: Thankfully, um, I was actually saved a, in Promise Keepers in the 90s. Saved at Promise Keepers. Yeah, I accepted Jesus into my heart. Okay. Um, and my grandpa, on my dad's side, yeah. he was actually a pastor. Oh. And my dad and my mom obviously raised me with yeah. biblical values and talking about you know Jesus all the time, and that was a big key. Part in my household and my upbringing.
0: You went to like Boulder University of Colorado with McCartney. Yeah, one of those things. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, Promise yeah. Keepers there. Oh yeah. With the yeah. Ca- with the lights yep. and the full on. Wow. Yep. Well, that's a deal.
1: Yep. And my uncle, my uncle actually at the time worked for Promise Keepers. I see. And so we, I was up there in a booth with my dad. Since my uncle worked there, we got this awesome seat up of in the booth. Of course you did. yes. And I was young, you know, and I re- I'll never forget. They did a call and they said, whoever wants to accept Jesus in their heart, you need to come forward. And I looked at my dad and I said, I want to do this. Wow. And my dad and I I remember walking, leaving the booth and we walked. It took forever. And we walked all the way down, all the way to the field. Wow. And uh, I accepted the Lord in my heart then.
0: I have a friend. I went to D.C. in 93 and I, I met a guy who later became chief of staff to the attorney general of the United States. And he, he had a friend who was a speechwriter for a senator and so forth. And they went to a Promise Keepers at Robert Kennedy Field in yep. D.C. And that moment came when they gave the call. And, the, and my friend, the chief of staff guy, turned to his friend and said, I think we better do this. Wow. <laughs> and they, you know, and they, they were in powerful. their 20s, 30s, whatever. And they yep. stood up and went forward like that. How old were you when that
1: happened? I think it was the 90s, so I think. I'm not even sure. We were, we were trying to figure out when it was, yeah. but it was early. You were like, young. Yeah, young. Yeah. Young, like junior high or before.
0: So everything since then been been pretty good? Been pretty. <laughs> I think I know the answer to this. Yeah, That's why yeah. I teed it up that way.
1: Um, you know, um, my, I, I was telling you earlier, you know, I wear my testimony like a badge of honor. Now. Now. You know, I've gone through some real rough Things in my life and my journey has been very up and down. You know, I've turned from the Lord and yeah. discovered really what darkness and loneliness and and um, what quote unquote the other side looks like. Yeah. You know, I've tasted that, and it's mm. um, it's nothing to be fooled around with, and it's um, not somewhere you want to go.
0: So early on, when I when I met you a few years back, yep. you were based in Hong Kong. Yes, sir. Yep. You were doing what?
1: I was working for a family, uh, family businesses, OtterBox, and yeah. we were starting. I was starting our Asia Pacific um, office. Uh, we got 14 countries up and running over there. So I was traveling, you know, every week to typically a different country, one out of the 14 countries, all throughout Asia Pacific, India, Australia, just building teams, building distributors, how, and starting how the business. I moved to Hong Kong on my twenty sixth birthday.
0: Good grief! Yeah, I remember so. asking you a while later—I don't know how many years later it would be, mm-hmm. not very many years—saying, "Why did you leave Hong Kong?" I mean, now you're single, you're twenty six, you're in Hong Kong, yeah. You got some bucks. You're doing all these things, building teams, yeah. And I asked you, why? Why did you leave Hong Kong? And your response to me at that time, and you can elaborate this if you want, mm-hmm. was that if I stayed there, I would have lost my soul.
1: Yeah, and probably my life. You know, for me, I just really, um, i flat out, I'd turn from the Lord. Yeah, You know, I really got into... Um, partying and um, there was a piece of, you know, addiction and loneliness and, um, you know, I won't get too into the details, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a very dark time and it was a very lonely time. And, um, you know, a lot of the things that were giving me joy were instantaneous and temporary. And um, that really started to run out and I really felt so lonely and empty but what was really an, a really interesting piece about that time in my life was going back to when I was saved and asked the Lord to come into my heart in when I was young, um, the Holy Spirit continued to pursue me um, in very odd and interesting ways throughout the darkest time in my life. Like what? Um, you know, I, I attended the National Prayer Breakfast with you, and I had sat at you know, my seat got taken when I was at the National Prayer Breakfast at this big dinner. And it's That's very not, assigned It's not good seat. to have your
0: seat, so, seat stolen <laughs> yeah. at the National, national
1: Prayer <laughs> you know, And it's very regulated. You have oh, a specific yeah. seat. You know, it's oh, a yeah. big deal. Security is big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when my seat got taken, I said, well, I guess I better just find a new seat. And so I was living in Asia. And so I found, you know, there was a table of some men from Asia. And so I just decided, hey, I'll sit down and... You know I love people, so hey, how are you guys? And I sat down, and it ended up being Koji.
0: And Koji was a was a fellow who's a wonderful follower of Jesus, who lives in Japan yes. and led small groups in the Parliament, Japanese Diet, yes. and all that. Yeah.
1: yeah, and so so it was Koji, you said. It time. was Koji. Wow. and his whole team. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and he we began to all just talk and discuss. So fast forward, he begins to send me handwritten letters about Jesus and my faith and invites me to the National Prayer Breakfast in Japan. So my some of my darkest times, he invited me to step out and really get <laughs> fed through their national prayer breakfast mm. in Japan, which was an incredible experience that I'll always be grateful for. Um, there was that, and then a time where a random guy asked me to go to a, a church in Hong Kong and I attended, and that fed me for a little bit. And and it was interesting. I'm 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 very hard-headed as a person really? um yeah and <laughs> and so i would i would get you know the holy spirit would pull me in and then i would drift right away and i would he would pull me in and i would drift again yeah. but he continued to pursue me and pursue me and pursue me never he never gave up on me mm. which mm. i will forever eternally be grateful mm. for
0: and now you're 35 years old Yes, sir. So it's nine years post Hong Kong debut. Yes, yep. And you have now been married to a wonderful yep. lady by the name of Candace. It, yes, it, and that's been two years, year and two year, two and a half years, two and yep. a half years,
1: two and a half years, and I'm married way up. Yeah, She's oh, way out of my. Know, league. I didn't
0: want to say that for all these people, but just <laughs> hey, we're speaking
1: truth here. Well, you know? and
0: all the guys listening to this understand it <laughs> yeah. who are married. And you have a new young lady at your house.
1: Yes, we do. Her name's Gwen. Gwen. Her full name is Gwyneth. Gwyneth. But we call her Gwen. Gwen Marie Richardson.
0: And I love it because my mother's name, Lord be with her in heaven. She was a Gwendolyn, but they called her Gwen and Gwenny. And when I heard you were naming that little girl Gwyneth and you're going to call her Gwen, that was so... You know, it doesn't take much to get an old dude wrapped up. (laughs) And we uh, call her Gwenny. Yes, I love that. So I'm sitting across from you in my living room by this fireplace, and you have in your hand uh, a book Mm. that you have been responsible in this last year for uh, publishing, republishing, however you want to say it. And talk to me about that, because I want to... I want the folks listening to understand that even though the world can be a challenging and dark place, there are things that bring light, and what you hold in your hand is one of those. So talk to me about that.
1: Well, what the book is, is it is a gospel harmony. It's um, the gospels rearranged and put into chronological order, including part of Acts, This was an interesting piece for me, this book. Originally, when we went to the National Prayer Breakfast, your friend, Doug Coe, gave me a copy. And interestingly enough, as we just talked about Hong Kong, he gave me a copy of this book that was called The Life of Jesus. And it was a gospel harmony. And um, it's small, can fit in your pocket. It's
0: just a little, what is it, four by... Like a four by six card. Yeah,
1: four, yeah, exactly. Four by six can fit and in your back pocket.
0: It's got some leather cover on it. You bet. Hold on. Yeah, you yeah, bet.
1: Yeah. And um, it's easy to read, right? Yeah. I was lost. I was in a dark place, and for me, picking up a two thousand page Bible yeah. um, was overwhelming, right? Um, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know where to dive in. It was very overwhelming. So this book was an incredible resource and yet another way that the Holy Spirit pursued me Mm. throughout those times. So fast forward when... I'm back here in the U.S. I've rededicated my life to the Lord. I'm walking with Jesus, working, doing everything I can to really become a disciple of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I came and we were meeting with a couple pastors here in your family room, actually. And one of the pastors asked you, said, hey, that black book that all of us had that that Doug and you had given many people, it's an incredible witnessing tool. And it's an incredible resource for believers to have, just to have a quick reference and always carry around with you, just have the Gospels with you. Yeah. And you said, I'm sorry, but no longer, you know, Doug has gone to be with Jesus. And um, he was the one who was printing the books. Yeah,
0: so, I think it was out of print. I think yeah, yeah, I, yeah we're, I we're out. I thought. Yeah, I we're know. out.
1: Yeah. And to date, since then, and... Uh, I mean, until now, I have never in my life felt anything like that in my gut and in my body. It was the craziest feeling from the Holy Spirit um, in my body, and I knew right away that that I was supposed to make and print these books. I'm like, I, I, we we don't. I have no experience with any of this. <laughs> like, how is this even going to happen? You,
0: you and your brother are on a. Body armor company. Yes.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea about these books. And I'm not a huge reader, right? Yeah. The, one of the only books, I read very few books, and the only one that I consistently read is the Bible. Yeah. And I have a huge passion for Bibles. I collect very old Bibles, really? so I love the word.
0: I didn't know that. I didn't oh, know yeah, you collected yeah. ancient huh? Bibles. Really? Yes, yeah. Okay, I learned something new right here on yeah, the podcast. Yeah,
1: you betcha. So, It was an interesting call that night. And the next few nights, I actually had dreams about it, which I've never had dreams like this. I've never even said this about anything else in my life. And so I said, okay, well, we're going to do it. And I called you and we got into negotiations and worked with the Bible League in Dallas. They were very gracious, and incredible organization. And so we got the text and then we worked with in India and got printing. And, um, you know, what's interesting about the vision of this that I was given and that really ties into my testimony is this book is very premium. I'm a product guy. We manufacture products for people. I wanted to really create something that's premium. When somebody gets it, there's there's value, mm-hmm. you know, to to the person who receives it, yeah. and also from a target audience perspective, yeah. um, our tar- target audience is non-believers, yeah. people critical of the faith, people who are lost, who some people would say are beyond reaching. I think that we created a product to where those people can receive this book and treasure it nobody will throw it away because it's too nice
0: yeah right it's too nice it ain't cheapo yeah yeah
1: it's it's nice we also made it very approachable how do we circumvent the walls that have been built by either people critical of the faith, critical of Jesus in Nazareth, critical of religion. So what we did is we actually made it just look like a high-end moleskin. It just looks like a moleskin, a really nice leather moleskin. So the non-believer feels comfortable opening it up and reading it on a plane. Sure. You know, I mean, you and I, we've been on a plane. You know, you open up your 2,000-page Bible, and, you know, sometimes you get some interesting looks. <laughs> you know? And so what's great about this is yeah. they can they can really feel comfortable opening it up and reading it anywhere. Sure. And um, we wanted to make it accessible. We wanted to be very strategic in the design of the book and be able to navigate beyond the walls to be able to plant that seed of Jesus in somebody's heart and let the Holy Spirit water in time. And it's also one last thing I'll say is this is not a replacement for the Bible. This is a tool to really be an entry point Into reading the word and a relationship with the Lord,
0: and it and it is Scripture. It's, yes, sir, absolutely, so, absolutely. And and all of us have been non-believers, so we get that. Yes we, yes, we get how that how that works. Well, if if somebody wanted to get one of these or twenty of these, in the back it's got this website. Yes, that says plus nothing, and the the idea. Doug had this line. He he. He would say, you know, Jesus plus Boy Scouts is good. Jesus plus Lutherans or, you know, whatever, Baptists, any group. Name the group, Rotary, whatever. Yeah. Said it's good. It's not revolutionary. Jesus plus nothing is revolutionary. And that's where you got that that sort of title, isn't it? So plusnothing.com.
1: Yeah, and plus nothing is spelled out, plusnothing.com.
0: And it's one word.
1: Yes, one word. Plus nothing. Yep. You can jump on there read a little bit about the book our goal and what has been called what we've been called to do is provide these 100 percent free of charge free 100 so percent no shipping no nothing
0: nothing is free it costs somebody
1: yeah well it costs somebody but not the person who needs it <laughs> that's the goal <laughs>
0: This this sounds like Jesus. He's free to you, but it cost him. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. You're wow. spot on. Wow. So you can jump on the website. It says free books, 100 percent no strings attached. Um, and really, what we do is we supply books. You can choose if you want three books or seven books or 12 books. Or there's actually a tab on there for. People with established networks, yeah. which is um, you know, it could be yeah. any number anything. of or, you know, organization, could be business, church, could missionary, be business, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we are actually searching out. Um, Our goal is to get this gospel to as many people as need it as possible. Um, We started with 150,000 copies. I checked this morning. We've shipped out over 42,000 in the last three weeks. Um, You know, I just placed another order last week for 600,000 more copies. So,
0: one of them. One of your mantras, I think I'm right in this, is "go big or go home." Oh yeah,
1: hundred percent. What's what's the
0: (laughs) okay? Here we go. What's the dream for the first phase of this kind of enterprise of getting this out? Yep. How many copies?
1: We're going to do 10 million copies for the first phase. Amartya negotiations and plans for additional languages. We're looking at Chinese, Spanish, and Arabic. Wow. Um, We have had wonderful success getting these into multiple different countries in the Middle sure, East, sure. into um, South America, um, Europe. We've had, just the Lord is having insane favor on this. And it has nothing to do with me. The second to last page in this book is Sole de Gloria, which is all the glory to God. Wow. And so um, this is not me. It's not anybody who's helped this with me, which Dick, you've been an incredible resource and I can't thank you enough. Wow. Um, an incredible friend and partner and mentor in this project. All the glory to God. I mean, we're just here to to get the gospel out because especially in this time, sure. in this year, oh, yeah. there's so many people who many of the surface things that people were grasping onto yeah. um, have gone away. They' so taken away. And yeah. people are going, you know, what really matters yeah you know finally people are really being faced with that question and the timing from a year and a half ago when when everything was great right yeah Yeah. you know what i mean god's timing is perfect and so this book rolling out has been really is really making an impact and we'd be honored if your listeners would jump on the website just give us your information. We'll send you however many you want. We'd love to communicate with you. If you have any questions, you know, just email us. We, we, it'd be a huge honor.
0: You know, when you um, when a person has the opportunity to meet someone who feels like they have a calling to whatever whatever it is, you know, calling by whatever name, you know, people who are artists or who build things, or who, there's something about being around folks who have a calling that is invigorating. When you find someone who has a calling to do something that has forever impact, that's, a, that's just so uh, profound and exciting. When I think of Hong Kong nine years ago, Mm -hmm. And I think of this moment in time and what's happened in you and now through you and your colleagues and others, it's just an exciting thing. And um, Robert Frost was a a poet, past poet. uh, Many people have read him over the years and it's not scripture, but it carries an idea in it that speaks to the sense of future. Mm. that I hear when I hear you speak. And since this is wintertime, and we're just a few days after Christmas, but teeing up for 2021, I wanna read this. Wonderful. And um, you may not be a reader, but I like reading this stuff. So (laughs) here we go. (laughs) called Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow my little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near between the woods and frozen Lake, the darkest evening of the year. And we're recording this actually on what is going to be the darkest (laughs) evening of the year. And It's it's going to be the first time in 800 years that the planets of Jupiter and Saturn, I think, are coming into what astronomers call conjunction. And so in about uh, 35 minutes on the horizon to the southwest of Fort Collins, you will be able to see what they have called the Christmas star since the 1200s. And it's been 800 years since it's been this close. So when we get done here, we'll go out and take a peek. I love peek. it. But anyway, so the darkest evening of the year. That Frost didn't write that. I just threw that in right there. <laughs> He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. And here's the part that where I see you. The woods are lovely, dark and deep. But I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. Josh Richardson, thank you for coming and being a part of this last podcast of 2020 of known stories to make sense of it all and sort of the first podcast of 2021. I can't think of a better way to start a new year than with your um, amazing spirit and vision and dream and candor and faithfulness to do what you feel you've been called to do. So thanks a million for being here.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you for being a mentor and a champion for the kingdom and I, it's it's a huge honor. Thank you very much.
0: Well, we're honored to have you here and please give our love to Candace and a hug to Gwen. You know it, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and, and Happy New Year to you. And to you and to all of our
0: <laughs> listeners. God bless you.